So, our faith must be genuine. That's what I'm trying to say. And the genuineness of our faith is reflected in the amount of effort we put into pleasing the Lord. Is reflected in the amount of effort, energy we put into learning the things that Jesus wants us to learn because we know that he will return indeed one day and give us the test for promotion. Promotion is not decided by my boss in the office. Who will be the next head of state is not decided by the electorate. All of these things are decided in heaven by God himself. And I believe we understand this point entirely. The Lord is good. If you understand this, give me an amen. amen. All right. And remember, nothing can stop it. If God wants to bless somebody, nothing, nothing can stop it. Now, what, why I went into the reading that we did extensively from First Chronicles, which began in chapter 11, around verse 10. And we took many scriptures here and there, okay, all the way to the end of chapter 12, thereabout. Okay, it's just to emphasize to us again the fact that God uses people, but he's the one that uses people. Now, you will notice something. All these people came to David. Now, when David was anointed king, you know, I was reading something. I just decided to check some commentaries on it. And you know that it was a number of years after Samuel had anointed him king in the presence of his brethren in that first Samuel chapter 16 that we read. It took a number of years before the matter of Goliath came up. In your Bible, is a short time afterwards. What you see next, all right, was that Saul had a problem. And they brought David before Saul because of his skill in playing the instrument. And then the Bible says that he used to go off and on. It was a part-time job. He would go and keep his father's sheep and then return to where he worked for Saul. Now, it was one of those days that he was with his father. His father now sent him to go back to the battlefield, all right, to go and minister to his brothers and take a gift to their commander. That was when he now encountered um, uh, Goliath. Now, what many of us don't realize, okay, is that a number of years passed between the time Samuel left his house and he even went to the palace for the first time. Did you hear what I said? You no, know, we talked about waiting for God, right? You know what? It's something we must learn. The impression many of us will have is that as soon as an anointing, the anointing oil was poured upon them, David, instantly things began to happen. You know the truth? Nothing happened for, for some time. After the anointing, Obok cleaned the oil from his eyes and went back to normal life. After the anointing, he had his bath the next day. All the oil they poured on him, the fragrance of the oil disappeared. Maybe he kept the robe somewhere so he'd be sniffing it once in a while to remind himself, I don't know. But he wasn't going around looking anointed. That's an important point for us to bear in mind. He was not going around looking anointed. He went back to normal business. He was a shepherd. He went back to his normal business. Listen, like I said to us before, whether we are really waiting for God or not, is decided by those little things that we are doing. Let me say it again. The person of faith, the number one exa- the proof that this fellow is of faith, is not how much he's declaring. And just declare. I found that most of declarers are irresponsible people who their faith is not doing anything. Now, when David went back to the pastures, all right? Okay, I was trying to bring out something from that. That learning to wait for God is crucial. Very important. That it is not the person who is really walking by faith. I've said this before. 
It's not the person who just always declaring, I'm walking by faith, I'm walking by faith. That's part of it. We have to get a holistic view to these things. You can just be opening your mouth saying you are walking by faith. Show me your faith, not by your words. Your words are part of your faith. But that is not how you show your faith. James said, how do you show your faith? Is by what? Works. Is by works. Why am I explaining this? I said, you see a man who's walking by faith. Listen. Ladies, listen to this. I don't believe you should marry a man. You wait for him to be rich first. That's a very wrong reason to marry somebody. He now has money. He now has money can also become, he has now become poor. Look, money is interesting. It's in the Bible like that. It grows wings. You see a man who was rich. In one year, he's poor. He's so poor, he's almost homeless. So I don't believe that as a young woman, you marry a man because he's made. That thing is a senseless way to reason. It's like a man marrying a woman because she's beautiful. The Bible says it's vain. Okay? However, having said that, don't marry a man because he talks also. He uses plenty talk. The talk is good though. I hope you get my point. I'm not saying the talk is wrong. But what do you check? You must be sure a man is responsible. If a man is pursuing you as a woman, while he's still collecting transfer money from his mother, shoot him next time he comes. <laughs> Say, if you come here again, thank God this is Nigeria, so you can't take me literally. They don't have a gun anyway. Look, listen, carry broom. Come on, come on, shift, shift from there. I'm not saying he must be rich. Is that so? That's why you marry a rich man. But at least he must be what? Responsible. If you tell me, Pastor, I would like to marry this man, what does he do? Um, he's, he's a mason, you know. He works for a bishop. He dresses, uh, what do you call it now? Block and cement and all of that. His work is very good. Believe me, I'm on your side. And I ask Bishop, this guy, you know him? He said, Pastor, I do. He works for you? Yes, we've done two buildings together now. And he's always the first to get to work. You understand? And one of the last to leave. And his work is impeccable. And you, woman, asking me this. You have a PhD. Do you know? I don't see any big deal about it. You know why? He's a responsible man. After laying block money till evening, he's going to go back home with money. He can buy food for himself and for two other people. I'm not joking. No, what I've told you, I'm not joking. It's not supposed to be a joke. I mean that literally. But if he comes to you with a PhD, I want you to ask him, bro, what are you doing right now? You know, we have these projections um, in the market. You know, we're looking at how to strategize for when a younger president is going to come up in Nigeria, you know. And, um, and he has these ideas that he, he, he has this proposal out by which um, I'm going to raise like $2.5 million, you know. And that's going to be invested in telecom, in oil, in, in education, in healthcare. And um, you understand, his PhD thesis was on that, you know, congregate various finances into, <laughs> into, into investment in oil and all of them at the same time. And he got a PhD in it. And that was six years ago. And since that time, what is happening right now? Well, is that his father has a house in Jerry. That's where he lives. So he doesn't have to pay rent. Praise God. So in a free house, did they chop free food? No. So who's paying that one? Uh, my mother retired as a DG 
in NTA or one of these federal friends, and the, the pension is good, and you they chop. <laughs> Six years you are eating. Ladies, I don't care how handsome he is. I don't care how polished his English is. If I see you near him, I will tell you, Dechuku, next time this young woman comes here, tell her we have closed. <laughs> hey, God in heaven. Please. Let me leave it there. Do I need to say more than that? A word is enough for the wise. If what I have said doesn't make sense to you, you are on your own. Now, you know, the point I'm emphasizing towards again is, is this. Listen to me, people of God. The man of faith who's really walking by faith, I say he doesn't have to breach now. But look at his diligence in today's affairs. That's what I'm just telling you. Look at how diligent he is in today's matters. It may be a small thing. I mean, he just hears the idea. Like I said, you, a, an adult man is not allowed to eat the mother's pension money. It causes sore throat that will never go away. That's what I'm saying. If he says, I'm believing God, your faith in God. Look at David. That's what we're talking about, David. They anointed him. You know what he did? He went back to the pasture. He went back to the sheepfold. He went back to the place. In fact, I suspect, now I don't, I've not checked this, but I suspect it was between the time he was anointed and the two years or so before he was called. No, if the few years before he now met Goliath was when he encountered the bear and the lion. I suspect. The first place the anointing showed on his head was with his sheep. Remember, he shepherded the people of Israel with what? Skill and with integrity. That skill that he demonstrated in the field. Please, let's never forget it. If you truly are believing God and waiting for God, people, find what you are supposed to be doing today and use the skill with which you will shepherd Israel. Use it in that primary school today. Some of you, God will tell you, open a poetry. You know what he wants to teach you in a poetry? How to be careful. Poetry is not what you do all your life. Oh. But right now, fishery and poetry is your portion. For the, for what you are just going to learn from it, the number of things. Number one, how to be careful. Is there one about how to be careful? All your life, somebody else has been caring for you. Every, uh, all your life. So God said, look, you, you know, I learned a bit of the fishing thing. You, you have to change their water after a while. After the, changing the water, you have to separate the small ones from the big ones. Otherwise, the big ones will eat the small ones. Oh, you didn't know that? <laughs> Fish is not human being. No. Did they chop anything? <laughs> I learned that one. <laughs> you understand? <laughs> look, chicken, you know, you have to know how to collect their eggs, depending on how you are doing it. There are some things about life, not about not just animal husbandry now, but about life you will learn just from breeding fish and breeding chicken. That's one thing. Secondly, you know many people don't understand money. And if you don't understand money, God will not use you. God expects people who are faithful with money. You have to learn how to keep money, how to spend money, how to use money. How not to buy the latest phone that shows up just because you have the money? There are people that God will put through a long lesson how to say no to Ashwebi. 
unnecessary expenditure. Please, I hope you are getting my point. You know, God has to train his children in all of these things. That's what I said, what I said. David was anointed. David did not rush to the palace. Next point. Listen, where you are rushing to is not where you will get to quickly. I don't know whether you hear that point. Absalom was born in the palace. I hope you know that. He came to take the throne. You know where he ended up? Hanging with his fine boy long hair from trees. Until Joab came and killed him. It is not the person that is rushing. Look, the closest place to Aso Rock is not Abuja. I don't know whether you hear what I said. If you are thinking that one day I will be president, you now because of that relocate to Abuja, you are now farther than ever before. Hey, one of our brothers, oh, he's not around. Okay, but he, he comes around a lot of time. Last time he and I were talking about last week, less than two weeks ago. We're talking here. How is work? How is work? How is work? Fine, fine. He was in Enugu here. Then he was transferred far out of town. Last time we were here, we were, talk, we were talking. He said his senior boss wanted to go and leave. And he called him back to Enugu to come and relieve him. I don't know what I get the point. Or guys, go and leave. Who will hold the position while I'm gone? He called the man that's far out of town. Now, there are people who refuse to leave town because he's closer to the throne. That's not the quarrel in the office. And what has it done to make a guy like him? Brother said, listen, the issue now in the office is people are now wondering. Because they, they that are sitting around the boss, whose offices are next to the big boss's office, the man is going on leave. He didn't ask them to come and take his office. He called the man that was far out of town. Please come back and relieve me. I told him, I, I asked him, I said, please, I hope I can use this your story to preach. Because this is the kind of story I like. The fact that you live in Nassau Rock does not make you close to being a president. That is the point I'm making. There are those who have relocated to big cities because plenty job they big cities. Sometimes, I just, I, I, like musicians, an example. Okay? I hear it a lot. Oh, you're relocating to Lagos. Where? That's where the action is. That's where everybody is. In my mind, no, now. You don't do that. You don't need to do that. It's unnecessary. Yeah, you, you want to make it in acting, so you go to where the actors gather. You don't, listen, you are a believer. As a Christian, there are decisions you make that show where you, your faith lies. I've told this story countless times. Ron Kenoli tried everything that he knew so he could get a recording deal as a Christian artist. He did not. Then one day, Michael Kuman came to his church where he was the music pastor, where he was working as a choir leader, like we Nigerians, we call it. Full-time job. Leading, of course, you do other things in the office, but the main thing he was employed to do was take care of the music in the church. Lead the choir. Sing songs. And he came there to the congregation to come and listen. Now, when he told the story, he didn't say this, but it was later on I began to reason about it. I don't think he just stumbled into that place one day, that day, and then gave the man a card. Because at the end of the service, he came to him and said, my name is so-so-so-and-so. I'm a director with Hosanna Music. I would like you to pray about recording an album with us. He gave him his card. Now, thinking about it, I, didn't, I never thought about this side of it before. I don't think it was an, you know, just made that decision then. I suspect somebody told him, come and see. I suspect somebody in the church told him, come and see. I suspect that somebody had checked before and told him, that thing we're told, I think it's true. Boss, you need to come yourself. I believe the day he was coming, 
I believe it was to confirm what he had been told. And the man far away, I don't know how close Hosanna Music was to his own church, whether in the same city or the same state, or I'll just know they're in the same country. The man gave, there, gave him a card. And I like what, what he said that day. He said, that was one thing I never had to pray about. He had prayed the prayer before. And they, of course, they signed the deal. He recorded Jesus is alive. The next album, the following year, was Lift Him Up. And when he was telling us that story, because this was in Lagos, I, I, it came for a program that I went for. It was teaching the Bible, you know, minister's class. So I was in that minister's class. He said, I just been declared the best-selling praise and worship al- album ever produced on the earth at that time. Yet he did not rush to where the action was. I hope you are getting my point. Sometimes I see Christians make those decisions. I feel bad. That, look, it's not necessary. Another thing you see about David. I just saw the Bible wrong Kenole now. Who told Hosanna music people about him? I don't know. But we read the story of David. In this life, God will send people to help you. Amen. Let me ask a question. Did Joseph personally know Pharaoh? He didn't personally know Pharaoh. Christians either want to believe God or we don't want to. If we say we want to believe God, relax. These things happen. Somebody told Hosanna music people about Ron Kenoli. Somebody took the matter of Joseph to Pharaoh. Read your Bible. We are looking at David as our example. You think he went around calling people? No, he, he, he went around running away from, the, from Saul. He was busy running away from Saul. The anointing of, of God upon his head sent help to him. Let me tell you something. He was always hiding in the wilderness. Are you getting my point? In the back areas. No matter where you are. We are talking spiritual things here. No matter where you are. When the time is ripe, God knows how to send helpers to go and get you. I pray Christians will understand it. You don't need to do yes sir to somebody because you want to connect with somebody. Hanging around seats of power. The closer you go by yourself, the farther you are from it. What I've told you is the word of God. The closer you go towards the seat of power with your own energy, the farther you are from it. We said it last time. As believers, my case is different. Say that again. We're not dealing with games of chance here. Listen to me. Blessings are commanded. I keep on saying that thing. We're not dealing with games of chance. We're not saying that you say, ah, if they see you, if they see you. The God that's elevating you is seeing you every day. That's what I want us to understand as believers. The God that will elevate you is seeing you every day. The things that he will use to judge where he will place you, most of them you do when nobody is watching. The God that will elevate you, he's seeing you every day. And listen to me, when his time comes, no matter where you are, they will send for you. We have two good examples here. David was on the field. He was taking care of sheep. When Samuel came, what happened? They sent for him. Where was Joseph? In prison. <laughs> when the time came, what happened? They sent for him. God has appointed people to help you get to the place he wants to take you to. And they are not people you beg. They are people that consider it a favor to help. Listen, once they are calling somebody again and again and again and again, and he's doing like he doesn't want to help, leave him alone. What did I say? Leave him alone. 
God, he's not the help. He said, what if he's the help? He'll call you by himself. He will. No, you know, time will not allow us now to start analyzing this, but we read it just now. This man, the Bible says, day by day, go to verse 22. First Chronicles 12, verse 22. For day by day, what happened? No, I just want the next two words, two or three words. Day by day, what happened? That's seven words now. I said I want the first next two words. Day by day, what happened? Some people know you're here. They must add the fourth word. Verse 22. Day by day, what happened? Day by day, what happened? Some of the men joined. Some of the men came. The point is that they came. David did not go looking for them. I'm just reading, I'm quickly running the Bible through my head now. I can't remember anybody that David went to look for amongst his warriors. All his warriors came to him. They came. Every single one came. That's why I tell you, look, if you are pursuing somebody and it's hard, hard to find, he's not the help of God. If you are rising as it's very hard to find, leave it. Leave it. It's not the one that God has sent. The one that God has sent you, it doesn't, you don't, see, if you have to beg people to help, you owe them too much thank you. You owe too much thank you. You, that is, after a while, you know, God will say, oh boy, this is your glory. You are not sharing it well. Are you getting my point? How are you arranging it? He said, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, give to God what is God's. You've taken some of my own and Caesar is collecting it. That is what happens all the time when you keep pursuing people for help. That is what happens. And listen, we have to be ready. I just feel like saying this. It's not everything you want that God will give you. That one just came to my mind. I should say it, then we'll close with it. It's not everything. There are times you want something. You say, okay, uh, in Jesus' name, I will not beg anybody. In Jesus' name, I will not beg anybody. <laughs> now you wait after two days. There's no men came. Are you getting my point? <laughs> Nobody's coming. Nobody's coming. After the third day, fourth day, seventh day, they say, well, we will offer the sacrifice by ourselves. <laughs> Listen, in life, I told you, you have been tested all the time. You have been tested all the time. You have always been tested. You have always been tested. There are times you just say, all right. If, if we will not see anything like men came, nobody's coming, no help is coming, then we'll take it simply that God has refused. If you say, no, by faith you should not accept that, that's not what faith is. Ability to submit to God is also faith. There are times God will not say, God will just say no. And he says no. That doctrine that God never says no, I don't know which Bible we read. I've heard people say that God never says no. Look, it's been said by men I respect, I've, I, but I've, I've dead them to show from scriptures that Jesus never says no. It's not true. No true father never says no. The father God has promised to prosper somebody doesn't mean he must use every single way you think he should use. I don't know whether you're getting my point. There are many jobs out there. You apply for 10. Uh-huh. God doesn't want you to have any of the 10. I always like to the back of the story. It was when he was fired that his door opened. One of our brothers gave me a testimony. This one went to Port Harcourt. Beautiful testimony. He says, sir, I didn't want to share this one with you on the phone. I said, when we see. He works on one of these big oil servicing companies. No. They complained that business was bad, so they began to lay people off. And they laid people off and laid them off. They laid off maybe like, now I'm not very certain, between 70 to 90% of their workforce. 
not less than 70. They did lay off. And you know what he told me? That's the beautiful thing about the testimony. He said he went and prayed and left everything to the Lord. And he told himself that if they do lay me off, at least they will pay me off. I'll take that money. Let me even have some free time. I'll do my own business. It was not, Father, in the name of Jesus, I claim it. boy. I hold on to this job. This is the only... <laughs> this is the only source of prosperity. No. He said, I just left it like that. So one day he was talking to his boss and said, Okay, I hear that they people were heavily. How far now? The boss said, You hear? You heard? <laughs> you are there on the list. I don't, and I can't remember the story well now, whether you are on the list or you were on the list. One of the two. But before that time, he didn't know the battle that had been going on in the office. When his bosses got the list, the immediate bosses, and they saw the name, ha! They suspended action, said, No, this cannot happen. They are the ones that went back by themselves and started the argument. No? Maybe they went to HR. This list is not good. See, so this man here, you guys can't let him go. Why would you do that? Look at the work he's doing. Look at this one. They kept on talking and talking and talking and talking. They argued for a long time. I don't know how many days. Until finally, they, he didn't know about it. By the time he was discussing with them, they had finished fighting on his case. They finally took his own termination letter and tore it. And he said, I had worked there for seven years and never been promoted. He said, that was the first time I was promoted in seven years. Next time he knew that another signal came, like we see in the military. <laughs> they moved him from where he was and put him on a higher rank. And he did not discuss with anybody. He did not claim it by faith. I receive it in the name of Jesus. This job, <laughs> the one that feeds the God in heaven, <laughs> it must not go. No, that's how we behave. As if this job goes, even God Even God will feel him. No, is that not how we behave? So the one sister told me that ah, that she's been dreaming that she she's having this dream that she lost her job and she works in a, a good place, you know. All right, they pay well. So I've been dreaming that she lost her job. So prophets will not tell her. I, I, I see job loss around you. You know, prophets. You sow a seed to secure it. When she came to me, I looked at her and said, is that all you have to tell me? I said, next time you dream that dream, tell the devil, take. She and my job will be fine. Take. I am not going to join hands with you, say, whatever the Lord does, it shall be forever. Not on this job. There's no job that is forever. Kingdoms come, kingdoms go. What's the big deal about the company? One door closes and God opens another one. If you ever lose a job, please, brethren, don't cry. Go and dance. I'm serious. Dance. Then they say, ah, oh boy, you win jackpot. They say, I win freedom. I told her simply. I said, my sister, next time you dream your bad dream, and the spirit that takes jobs come to you, tell him which one, which do, you, do you want this one? Take it. If you can do my work, come to my office. Don't sow any seed to secure a job. For what? Do you know where God is taking you to next? If they had told Joseph to sow a seed, his seed would be, I will never leave my father's house. This is where my inheritance is. My father has a covenant with God and he loved my mother. I'm a child of love. <laughs> One angel will slap the seed from him. Come on through with that seed. You that were going to sell into slavery. 
The prophet that came to Potiphar's house said, ask God for something he's going to do for you this week. You know what Joseph asked for? Think about it. Say, you will sow a seed. That this week, God will do something I've never seen before. Joseph too, when they sowed his seed, imagine he's a Christian. <laughs> Lord, oh, I'm going back home. This month is my month of deliverance. At the end of the month, nothing. Ah, God. Didn't, didn't the pastor credit the heavenly account? Didn't he see the seed? By the following month, Mrs. Potiphar has put him in trouble. He was in prison. After having been in prison, he was in prison for two days, I hope you know. He was in prison long enough to become head of prison. No, he wasn't in prison for two days. He was in prison long enough to become head of prison. He was in prison long enough. DSS brought some high-ranking politicians in there. Exactly. Now they can't. He was in prison long for, enough for them to be released. The prophet came to prison. Think about it. The prophet said, I've come with a special anointing. Anything you give to God today will speak for you in heaven. I'm a product of seed. <laughs> you know what Joseph did? He also sowed a seed. For what? For release. My name will not be spoiled in this land. God, they will know the truth. Lord, I'm asking for just two things. You will have me released. I have been sent home. Lord, I'm in prison. This is all I have. Prophets collect. What did he see? Nothing. Then one day, you know the truth? You no, know, Joseph never saw his father's land again. Oh, you don't know the, the story? He never did. He was too busy. Pharaoh couldn't release him to go and see his father. So you know what Joseph did? He sent a caravan to bring his father. So I'm too busy. I can't leave. Go and get my father. The father came and said, bring everybody. Bring everybody. What will you need? Pharaoh said, choose the best part of the land. Go to Goshen. These guys are shepherds. Where the land was fertile. Where they could grow grass and grain. When he was going to die, he just made them promise that they would take his bones back. That's the land he would have been sowing his seed for. People of God, listen. Ah! You know what the Lord is saying to us? Rest. 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 The Lord will never disappoint. Amen. He will never disappoint. Amen. Listen, I just want you to learn. He that endures to the end will be saved. Just hold on to this word. He will never disappoint. Amen. It will not happen. You look back and say, ah, we used to listen to that pastor bank those days. That's how we lost it. When we were moving, we did not move. It will not happen. Amen. It will not happen that you say, ah, those days. Because No. What will happen is that one day you look back and say, indeed, the Lord will never disappoint. One day you look back and say, indeed, by the grace of God, I am what I am. I did not become this by my own strength. I have become this by the working of the grace of God. Listen, why did we read that portion of First Chronicles? Because I want you to know that God will send helper to you in due season. Amen. And it is forbidden for you to go around looking for helpers. Amen. You are supposed to go around proving faithful. You are supposed to go around showing the righteousness of God in everything that you do. And you are supposed to go around Walking by the word of God all the time. Exercising your skill. Let me just add this one to you before I close. One, make sure every time you are getting better as a child of God. That is, Christian traits are improving your life every day. You know, it's in Galatians chapter 5. The fruit of the Spirit, he told us, is what? Love, 
joy, peace. Let me just open to it so we can read everything together. It said, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Ah, The other day I saw somebody describe kindness. One, one translation. He explained that kindness means helping other people get better. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. He said, against such things, there is no law. Let me read this one again. Very important. Second Peter chapter 1. I like the way Peter said it. Second Peter chapter 1. These are the qualities he said they must be yours and increasing. Please just make sure these things are yours and they are increasing. Second Peter chapter 1. He said, for by this he has granted to us, I mean verse 4, his precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Now for this very reason also, applying all diligence, in your faith supply moral excellence. Now, I just want to run through it because of time. Your moral excellence, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. If these qualities, it says in verse 8, are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord, and, uh, of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what I want to bring out from here is, is this. Remember, put these things in mind. Make sure this is your target. Make sure these qualities are yours and are what? Increasing. That is why God is allowing you the things you are passing through in life. Sometimes people will disappoint you. Are you getting my point? It's a test of your faith. Sometimes people will not help you. It's a test of your faith. You know, I've heard businessmen say things like, eh, other people are owing me too. So me too, I owe people. It's a test of your faith. You are just failing. You don't, I, I don't know whether you're getting my point. I, I hear it a lot. Other people are owing me too. So you will not pay your own debt. Somebody supply you something. You are saying, they are poor. no. They are. Look, every day, God, there's what the Bible calls moral excellence. You know what they call excellent? Excellence. In school, everybody gets average 50%. But you know, because of my work as a lecturer, a lot of times I have to write references for people. And there's one thing all the time I have to, ask, I have to answer. They will say, grade this person in this category. There are, most of the time, there are five categories. There is one that's well below average. There's one that is below average. Then there's one that is average. There's one that is above average. And there's one that is outstanding. Most of the time, I have that five categories. They just say, I'm supposed to be ticking, ticking, checking it, checking it. I'm looking at something here. God says, don't be satisfied with average. Don't be satisfied with above average. Only be content with outstanding. That's why I use the word moral what? Excellence. Moral excellence. That whatever we do, we are pushing hard into the excellent level. Well, no, I said something before. Stop looking. Assume, assume as a believer that every day of your life is seed time. The way you will know it's harvest time is that the things we're doing the time of seed we start producing great results. We said before, seed time, you put in much, you don't get much out of it. But harvest time, you put in the same amount of effort. Where it produced 10,000 naira before, as an example, using money as an example, you find it now is producing 200,000. Where it produced 200,000 before. Now you find that it's 10 million. That is when you discover, now listen to this, you discover harvest season, you don't determine it in spiritual things. As believers in Christ, you just behave as if it's seed time. Every day, just behave as if it's what? 
seed time, you will discover when you get into harvest. When the master came back, the Bible says no one knows the hour. That's the principle. You don't know the time. You, no one knows the day of the hour or the hour. When the master came back in that Luke chapter 19, they, they did not know. But each person was supposed to just keep on pushing his seed. Keep on pushing his seed. You're just supposed to keep on pushing the seed. The day of harvest, you will discover is harvest season. So what do I do in the time of seed? Therefore, this, that's what I'm making. I keep on improving the things. We said the last time, why did God give us the season of waiting? It is so that in the season of waiting, Abraham will learn a lot of things. Abraham never sat down. One day Isaac will come, or one day Isaac will come. Nothing like that. Each day has an assignment. And please reject this no job thing. Let nobody condemn you to idleness. Find the assignment that, that the Lord has given you for each day and pursue it. Go home, say, Lord, what am I supposed to be doing now? If the thing appears like it won't give you enough money to it, ask God, please supplement this thing I need to eat. I don't know what I get my point. Yes. Be content. Oh God, contentment is a serious matter. Learn how to be content. Don't make be content. Listen, everybody's buying an expensive phone. You don't need it. There are many things I did in my life just to teach young people. Before I started using a tab, all right, a device for my Bible, I resisted it. Do you know why I did? I'll tell you one of my reasons. There was a time it became the, you know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> the happening thing. You know, you have it, you know. <laughs> so every preacher, people complaining about, you know. I said, no, I will carry my Bible. I just, you know, I just had this in my mind that, what's all the noise? I remember those early days. Oh, Blackberry, Blackberry, Blackberry. I used it to preach. I said, people, my wife is using Nokia 3310. For goodness, people knew the work I did. You understand? And I think that she was still working in the bank. I can't remember. But I said, for goodness sake, this woman is using a cheap note. What, what is, you bloody student, why are you looking for a, for a Blackberry? I did a lot of things just to tell young people, say, relax. Relax, according to um, Vice President. Farabale. <laughs> what am I trying to say? You need to learn the art of contentment. Of taking life easy. If somebody dashes you, somebody comes and say, oh, I like the work you are doing. It gives you a car that is going to take half of your monthly struggle money to fuel. Collect it too. I'm the one that says you should collect it. And then remove the four tires. Auction the tires. So the car is parked there. If it's somebody you can't do that to, tell him, say, oh, guy, I don't need it now. Bishop Odepo said those days. <laughs> one day, he went to see Agusha with Dawsa. Agusha will give him a car, you know, give him keys to a Mercedes Benz. So he said, thank you very much, sir. I don't need it now. Can't I give you a car? I said, guy, I know you can, but I want to learn how to get it by myself. You know what I was understanding? Oga, this car, they say things about me that is not necessary. Not yet. What am I trying to say? Don't put yourself under any pressure. The time that Moses left the palace, it was, I mean, the time that Joseph was leaving, entering, also, about the same age Moses was living. Everybody has his own time. I hope you are getting my point. God will help you understand what to do in each season. But you must never put yourself under pressure. Listen, if you get out of the position God has placed you before the time he wanted you to come out of it, you have sustained your destiny eternally. I'm telling you. 
there are many Josephs that found their way out of the Egyptian jails and went back home, and they are giving testimonies. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, though. They thought I would die in prison. But God has freed me now. And my, 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 my master and his wife, they are still looking for where I am. And they don't know that I've escaped. <laughs> and I've gone back home. I can never go back to Egypt again, but at least I'm free. I thank God for it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Emmanuel. All right, go and sit down. So next, they will, will come with another testimony. And the angels are looking. He said, this is Joseph Ikabod. This Joseph will never rule this Egypt. He has left prison before the day we opened the door for him. Listen, this is how you know you are passing through a door. It is, there's what the Bible called different gates in life. The gates of God. Go and read Psalm 119. Jesus referred to it in Matthew chapter, four, uh, chapter 7. He said, pass through the gates of God. Any gate you want to pass through, make sure it's coated with righteousness. That, look, any gate you want to pass through, any door you want to use, make sure that door is coated with righteousness. That way you never miss, you will never miss it. Open to me the gates of righteousness. That's what he said. Go and read Psalm 118. I don't have time to read it now. Listen. Because if we use a door that God has not ordained, because you think the place is tight. You know what God said in Isaiah chapter 50? This you will have of my hand. You will lie down in torment. I don't think I need to say this to anybody here. You are too big to be an illegal immigrant. You are too blessed to get an American visa. It expires. You are dodging. There are certain things I don't know how believers can take it. They will give you a visa to go to the U.S. You reach there. It expires. And you don't realize that you should board the plane and come back home. I don't get it. At your level in life, with the blessing that Jesus has poured upon your spirit and your soul, you will become somebody's illegal immigrant. You can't get a decent job. You can't register a company. You are going to be hiding one day of that. Donald Trump is using you to play football. You know, not Sometimes I see protests. And we are, I've been looking at them. I say, you join protests. You have to be allowed to stay. Who allowed you to come in the first place? If you are listening to this and you are blessed of God, I know you are bigger than an illegal immigrant. Somebody gives a visa to his country. Be a man of integrity. Be a woman of integrity. Don't lie on the visa application. It's not God that's going to raise you up. You don't lie on the visa application. If you tell them I'm going for a course, please go for that course and get your butt back home when it's over. Can you some respect for yourself for goodness sake? How can it be because of you a whole nation is spoken evil of? First time I went to American embassy, the lady was looking at me like this after I've shown her that I don't have a, I didn't have money in my account. The total balance I was going with was 30,000 naira. U.S. U.S. Embassy. Beef up your account for what? It was when I went to print my statement, I found that the balance was now 100,000 naira, which at that time was less than a thousand dollars. Dollar was 120. My balance was a hundred thousand naira. And do you know why? It was an accident. One brother wanted to send kingdom word money. And he paid it into my account. I did not know who it was. I had to call his friend and say, it sounds like your friend's name. Is that the one? Is he the one? He said yes. Ah, he said, okay, it's for Kingdom World. I said, well, next time tell him that Kingdom World has his own account. But because of that, my balance was now 100000 because I went to print the statement. That's when I saw it. My time in the embassy, I told the woman, you said that? 
And she, when was my time? I, I've told this story many times. When they, the toughest, there were three or four people interviewing people. This was the toughest of them all. One black woman. Later on, when she and I was talking, she wrote her something for me. She now wrote, when she wrote that attention navy chief. I had to, oh, so you are the chief. I said, that explains you. It explains it. Because before that time, if she interviewed seven people in front of me, because it was an American bus in Abuja, you could see it because it was quiet. You could see what they were discussing in the cubicles. She denied six out of seven. There was one young lawyer sitting beside me. He and I had become friends with Egypt. <laughs> when, when it was my turn, they just said next and I was the one. The guy looked at me and said, ha. Ah. I remember he panicked on my behalf. God, God is my witness. I remember. I told him, I said, what? Watch this. That's what I told him. I said, what? Watch this. I got up. Went up there. Legs out with I passed past her. She did like this. I said, what is it? He said, your bank balance it is too low. I said, you asked me whether it was a salary account. I earned the money through it and I've spent it. That was what I told her. The balance is low because it's a salary account. And I said to her, I said... I could have beefed the balance just to impress you. I said, but what is the point? I just brought this to let you know where I earn my income from. She was just staring at me. She said, do you have anything to give me? I said, like, what do you, what would you like? I said, you want my marriage certificate? That's why I remember the story. He said, forget that one. Do you know how many of your people have abandoned wife and children to go to America? That's what she told me. He said, do you know how many Nigerians have abandoned their wives and their children to go to America? I said, well, then I have nothing else to offer you. So we're looking at each other like this. After a while, she said, okay, pick up your visa on Tuesday. I said, I'm sorry, I come from Enugu. I will not be able to come back on Tuesday. Can somebody pick it from me? He said, let me have the person's name. So I gave the information. I walked away. One of my brothers wanted to pick it up for me. I said to her, I will not stay in your country for anything. That's when I told her that, listen, he said, I said, give me your, this, your, your, your email. I will let you know when I'm back. She now said that, no, we are forbidden by the rules. To have personal contact with people interview. That's okay. That was the reason. That's why she now wrote for me that, okay, I, should, I can write embassy and write attention NIV chief. It was a pity when I, I, I didn't see my young lawyer again. I was like, it's those who, want, who wanted to die for it. I, God is my witness. I did not say a word of prayer about it until that morning when I left my hotel room in Abuja. I was about to go out. I was dressed, ready to roll. When I said, oh, do you not ask God for this thing? And I said, Lord, oh, actually, just for the records, I actually want to go for this course. It was a course, a training in MD Anderson Cancer Center. I said, Lord, I really want to go. And I would like you to give it to me. That was the only prayer I said about it. Our brother, you know him, OJ, said that, that when he heard that testimony, he, Americans had denied him visa two times before or three times. I don't remember, once or twice. I can't remember the number of times. He said he went back and applied again. Young man, early 30s, about 30 years of thereabout. The kind of person you don't give a visa. He applied. He said, I'm going for a fashion course or show. Are you married? No, I'm not married. He wrote it clearly to them. They dashed him the visa. Bah. <laughs> and I said, when you're going for an interview in a job, stop looking like a beggar. Good morning, sir. <laughs> you know, my father is waiting for the other way. Our family will not eat. Listen. <laughs> Listen, nobody has been sent to feed your family. The businessman is there to make money for himself. If he cannot show him how, you, how he will bless you, uh, how you will bless him, he will not give you a job. And if I were the one and you come to Kingdom World, I still will not give you the job. 
Who's looking for liability? When God made, made um, um, Eve for Adam, he said, go and help him. Now go and look for another mouth to feed. Who's looking for trouble? When you are going for an interview, I've told you many times, let your spirit arise. Let the man feel your vice from the other end. Know that if this fellow comes here, is a blessing to us. It will show him how you talk. No, good afternoon, sir. This is my fifth year of school. I've not had a job since. Listen. Nobody's employing you. Nobody. Nobody will employ you. I beg you. Let me stop preaching. Because right now, I'm on fire. So, the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Come back down here. Let's give a lot of thanks. Let's just give a lot of thanks. Let's say, Father, we thank you. Let's just say, Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for freedom in the spirit. We thank you for liberty of the spirit. We thank you for promotion. It does not come from the east. It does not come from the west. It does not come from the south. Thank you that it does not come from... from from anywhere but from you. That Lord, promotion comes from the north. That is from the northern side. The city of the great king. Thank you. From Mount Zion comes for our help. That is a type of the throne of God. A type of heaven. My help comes from the Lord. Who made heaven and earth. Let's say Lord we thank you. We give you praise. In the name of Jesus Christ. The Lord is good.